Do your George. In the saddle with another edition of My Thai Happy Hour. We have crossed the threshold into the 70s. We have rocked the bell bottoms. We are ready for punk rock to start. We are having so much fun. We are in the middle of 2018. The world is beautiful. We're so happy that all of you can join us today. And what an episode we have planned for you. We have tonight. We are going to get into Solo. We're going to kind of non-spoiler it. We're going to talk a lot about the Star Wars Cinematic Universe. We are going to go deep, uh, as deep as we can get into Fallout 76, which was just sort of tease revealed today. And we are going to talk about the saddest moment in zombie history, Andrew Lincoln quitting Walking Dead. And, <laughs> and we're going to touch a little bit on WWE on Fox and see what that means for us the true wrestling fans. But right now, right here, we have our hero, the great, beautiful, wonderful, always happy. <laughs> hey, everybody. How's it going? Hambone, as always, <laughs> is in the house. Happy to be back, George. How you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great. I saw Deadpool. I I'm finally so saw Deadpool. Happy you saw I finally Deadpool. saw Deadpool. It was fantastic. Uh, we'll talk about it in a second. We have For, to. First, I have to introduce the evil, satanic, murderous, blocked out, but in a non-racial way. Curse. Thank you. Thank you. Tomorrow's my birthday. Just shouting that out. Happy birthday, brother. Thank you. It's Thank your you, birthday. Brother. Why are we doing nothing for your birthday? I feel like we're horrible friends right now. <sighs> Like legitimately, like that's bad. Yeah, we should I'm prepping be... for a show though, so I'm so like. So you're purposely, busy. so it's not our fault. We have not. It is you. all your fault. You I, all ignore I, me. You but know, that's another story. I have, you no, don't. Shut your fucking mouth, Ken Lucas. I love you. You don't. In he ways does love that you. You don't even understand. You and Hambone don't ignore. We me. do not ignore you. No. <laughs> we care about you. We, do. we will always care about you. You're the greatest. We bring you on this show every damn week you because do. we believe in you. Hey, and the power of positivity. 39 forever, Ken. And, and 39 forever. negative aspects. I still but, you get know. 32. Thanks, Ambone. Hey, you're welcome. I Distinguished. To the left of me is Ken, but to the right of me, coming in all the way from Rutherford. Rutherford, New Jersey, right? Or Secaucus. Oh, I'm actually in Morristown. Morristown now. now. Morris. Morris. Morris? Like, Jesus fucking down Christ. Down by Morristown. Cherry Who Hill. lives in Morristown? Me. I, Pine Barren. We have... <laughs> Not only is he an actor, not only is he an artist, not only is he the editor-in-chief and publisher of the greatest geek publication ever made, but we have Nerdbase, I believe is what it's yeah, called, yeah. correct? <laughs> we have, I'm going to completely fuck this up, Chris Mannix? That's is it exactly it. like it is, like Automatics? Uh, yeah, or like, uh, let's see, Sheriff Chris Mannix from Hateful Eight, yeah, or the show Mannix, or Chris Mannix, the Sports Illustrator writer. So you're not the only person to ever use this name before. <laughs> okay, fine, I can't, fine. I can't Google myself as much as I'd love to. To be honest, I did, um, I think our live feed that we tried to do completely shit the bed. I might just like hit this really quickly. I, I looked you up. I did a little bit of research. I feel like I do, do, do. I need to do some research on my guests. Sure. You know, I'm not going to just bring you here and call you a special guest 
and then run you down for five minutes about how I don't really like you, like other people that are usually on this show. Not saying I, that it's I, happened I, I before. Won't 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 mention any names, but you know, sometimes some people show up and just like, oh, this is you know, Chris Mag should be in the punk rock can, and I just you know, sometimes I've grown not to like him at all. But that's not you. No. It's social distortion, which we are very close right now. To get like it is tight, it is naked. We got twenty four hours, yeah, for uh, social D because oh, I haven't voted. We were a day late on that, so to vote. Uh, we we you have another day to vote. It's on You've my Facebook wall. You can go. It's it's a tight race between white light, white heat, white trash, and uh, the illustrious. Uh, I'm blanking. Uh, Mommy's Little Monster, their mm. first ever record. You know, for a hot second there, Mommy's and the Monster had a, Mommy's Little Monster had a sizable lead. So here's what I think is happening. I think that... Um, People are finally on their Facebook after a long weekend? Well, there's that, but I also believe that there's a lot of fans of Social Distortion that got into them with White Light, White Heat, White Trash. Uh, understandable. Yeah, there was a long break between uh, Social Distortion and uh, the Ball and Chain record and White Light, Heat, White Heat, White Trash. I don't know I'd about say, that. I'd say it's about four or five years. I think, But think about it. Think about the era of the kids that were getting into punk rock in the 90s. If you were getting into it in 93, 94... White Light, White Heat, White Trash came out in the cut, you know, right in the middle of all this in like 96, 97. So I could see some people seeing uh, uh, the hit songs off that record and being like, this is my first experience with social distortion. This might even be my first experience with punk rock. So I, I can see why that album might appeal to some of the uh, younger punk rockers that I'm friends with on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, well, Social Distortion self title came out in 1990. Um, somewhere between heaven and hell came out in ninety two. Ninety two and ninety seven was a decent amount of time for That's, punk rock. That is a decent amount of time. When you know, back in the day when Bad Religion was releasing an album every single year or every <laughs> year and a half. It was kind of, uh, you know, that's a pretty long gap for bands. Yeah, we covered this last time, Hambone, if you were listening. I was, I was no, here. No, no, we didn't. Get, well, I just want to get into a bit. So you still have time to vote for the punk rock canon. Do it. Do it fast. Do it hard. You can vote. only do it once. You can also get to it from cultofgeorge.com, but I won't go into that. Well, I mean, back then, though, if I can make a quick little digression, that was... Digress. The- that's what I said. Digress. Uh, <laughs> that was the album release cycle of bands. You would release an album, go on tour write the next record while you were on tour, record it a little bit, have it released so you can keep going on tour. So for Bad Religion to stay in business as long as they did, they had to keep releasing album after album after album. Van Halen did the same thing until, you know, the David Lee Roth incident. Ghost does it now. Yeah, well. Well, that live album's horrible. We haven't really talked about that at all, but the new Ghost live album that came Uh, out two, three weeks ago, it's just really... for. For the fact that they're basically a CD and press play, I think the quality of the the concert, the live performance, should have been better on the uh, live album. Well, I mean, technically, they, they're all playing the backing tracks, so you would think that they could just port that right over, but it's, it's, I, I heard a little bit of it. It sounds like someone recorded a band like playing recorded, to a CD. Yeah, yeah it's probably off the board. They probably threw a digital recorder I, on the board and did it that Pro way. Tools. I just like it because it's a live version of Square Hammer, which is my favorite song by them, So, and it opens with that. So what do you give me that look for, Ken? <laughs> it's just, uh, no, it's just I'm not a fan oh, of Square you were, Hammer. Oh, you, you like Ghost back when? You like Ghost before they no, became BC and they I became know. Ghost again. I know, no, I know I how know. you and Stu are. <laughs> they still suck. Anyway. Well, listen, George, in fairness, I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because I feel like we've gone a long time with 
without having any heat from Ghost Fan. So this is good. You're bringing it back. Like they'll ever, if he's not dressed in a costume and I don't have a, a, a bad clickbait in the title, nobody is going to listen to this. That's a Ghost Fan. There you go. Though I will say there's been a huge decline in Ghost Hate since they kind of sh- turned shitty. So yeah. I do think there's a lot of really upset people that wrote some really horrible homophobic and racist things to me. They were not nice. That, that, that you know that's that's on the internet forever. The yeah. saddest part everything. is that we were pretty much telling them like that this is a shtick and that this guy is in a shtick and they didn't believe it. They thought it was like we were trying to say there was all these like different guys or some of those people thought like it was like real deal. I don't know. It well, was weird. you know, it, it, the, the best part was the the Hambo and George slash fic. Uh, ended with us dying all the time, but inserted inside of each other lovingly. So yeah, I just good I, on you, Ghost fans. So you a fan Keep of Ghost, Chris? Well, here's the funny thing is that I've actually seen a lot of the Ghost drama because so many of my friends listen to them. I honestly haven't heard a single song. You're missing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I listen to very left of the dial stuff. So I mean, I know that's not exactly on the. Uh, top 40. You might enjoy it. There's like a very rock opera feel to it. If you That's... if you don't think of them as a metal band, even though they claim they're a metal band, they attract metal fans, you might actually like it. You hmm. know, for those uh, listening at home and those watching, the who's who aren't watching on our live feed right now, Chris is wearing a resident shirt. Yeah. So if you want to <laughs> gauge where he stands when he talks the left of the center, he stands with the residents. It's like yeah. legit, he has the left of the dial box set in his house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The residents actually have an amazing box set, and there's only one in existence that I'm aware of and it's in the museum of modern art it's their entire collection inside a refrigerator everything including some props and the only place you could see it is at the moma because nobody else would pay for it they think they wanted like six million dollars for it they put the price tag on <laughs> but it's got actual original tapes uh, and recordings they're like well if we're gonna make a box set we've been around since 68 we might as well make it big so here you go yeah it's a little expensive <laughs> so i saw deadpool on saturday Thank you, mom and dad, for babysitting. Uh, we went. It was it was amazing. Wh- Who here has seen it? I've so, seen it. T- all right, two out of four, three out of four of us. I'm gonna, and I know we discussed it a little bit last week. Non spoiler. We're gonna stick to non spoiling a little bit. So maybe That's Chuck fine. will watch the show. That's fine. Uh, I th- think it's the greatest comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. Thank you. Up till now, the greatest comedic scene I've ever seen in cinematic history has been in Bridesmaids, the shitting scene. The shitting of the street. In, yes. In the, yes. In the uh, bathroom, in the Fredericks of Hollywood, or well, not Fredericks, the, wherever they go to buy fancy wedding dresses. That is my favorite scene in modern cinema. And I, I'm, I look, I'm not a comedy fan. You are not. Like I like Parks and Rec, and now I like Santa Clarita Diet. And I think both of those are also a little bit left of center when it comes to comedy. But I found Deadpool 2 to be so funny. I was that annoying guy snorting through the whole movie. <laughs> I'm the annoying guy who caught the little the Rob Liefeld jokes. I'm the one. The Rob uh, Liefeld jokes uh, were fantastic. I am, yes. I am that weirdo. I love Deadpool so much. But um, and, and my favorite, I think so. The bridesmaid shitting scene is my favorite scene of any movie. <laughs> I will go as far as to say that that scene, and you know what I'm talking about, on the couch, when he's rebuilding himself, is the funniest scene now in cinematic history. It is. Like, 
I, I now Allison will argue me. She goes for the bridesmaid shitting scene. I'm saying Deadpool two penis scene. This is a movie you cannot miss if you are one of those like eh, I don't like it because there's no reason. If you like comic books, you should like this. Is better than Infinity Wars. This is better than Solo. This is better than it is the movie you need to see right now. So. When I went, so I have something bad to say about Carasotes, and this is what? rare. I know this is shocking. You love Carasotes. Carasotes does, doesn't have firewalls between the urinals. Go ahead, Chris. It's Carasotes. Carasotes. You'd think I'm Greek. I would know, but no. So there well, they're, are, they're Australian. There are no firewalls in the urinals between the people. I don't know if you know this or not, Hambone. <laughs> And they have very tall urinals. The urinals are about like at it's like waist grade high. School. It's a little bit tough. Wait, grade school like uh, like mid- Catholic school, chest like- to floor or high like the, it off was the ground high. Challenging. Anyway, so there's, there's no firewalls, <laughs> so I have to look straight, which is fine. And I'm hoping everyone else looks straight. But what happens is the guy standing next. Uh, so I was in shorts. It was a warm day. It was Saturday. It was like 95 degrees out. Right. And I'm standing there, six foot tall myself. This guy's like seven foot tall, and he's pissing long drop, long drop. <laughs> Did he give you Mickey Dolans? It just starts raining. Oh, oh no. no. Like, oh, my no. whole leg is like. Oh no. I, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. There is just urine, just like. And he's taking what I'm taking while because I'm paying attention to him urinating on me. So it's like <laughs> kind of getting. Why is he laughing so hard? Because it's the fucking oh funniest God. shit I've ever so, heard. I'm this was serious. So you you were, you were pissing next to R. Kelly. Go on. And no, no, he didn't know. I don't think he knew. So I'm, uh, baby. I'm, I'm wet. I he knew. Need, I'm wet. I need to leave. Luckily, it's after the movie's over. It's you know when you have to like that two hour. I need to piss, piss. So I don't know what to do. If I start what, what, washing my legs, it'll be very weird. So I choose not to wash my legs. Instead, I go up to the, uh, what's it called? The exhilarator? The, you know, the, the hand dryer? The hand dryer. So dried to piss all no, over your legs. No, but it's the one. It's the special one that has the, uh, that has the name. The exhilarator. Something like that. The adrenalizer. Oh, man. Anyway, so I go over, and I'm trying to angle the nozzle so it is hitting my leg. He is. Is he okay? No, it's not. Why didn't they have have paper towels in there? Carisotis does not have paper towels. No movie theater has paper towels. So I'm sitting there trying to angle, angle the thing on me to dry my leg off because it is wet. Like, you could see, like, the drops glistening on my fur. Like, it's just bad. Oh, because you're hairy, too. And um, oh, it's terrible. S- good thing you had the hair. So it probably I, protected I, you. It, it did seem to do much good. I don't know what to do. I'm really, like, I feel the wetness, and that's very <laughs> bad. So I go outside and realize that Carasotis has a flocked wall, like many a movie theater does. Yeah. So I proceed to then just start rubbing <laughs> up against it to try off. Uh, and um, the poor wall. At the end of the day, that seemed to <laughs> take care of you. That's survival instinct, if you ask me. Uh, see, see, I mean, the, the 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 thing, the, oh the difference God. is, like, it, you know, I I am very sweet and very like, oh my God, think about the positive side of everything. Uh, but in person, if you're pissing on me, I'm gonna tell you to stop fucking pissing on no, me. No, you wouldn't. He was seven foot tall. I don't give a shit. No, you would not. He was. I would have pissed back on him no, then. His height would have been drinking. The it at problem that point. is Carasotis not having a firewall. Yeah, not the tall, man being kinda... seven foot tall. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna tell this dude who. 
I am 208 pounds and six foot tall, and I was not going to tell this large dude to stop um, I would have told him to stop pissing on me. On me. Hey, golden I mean, showers are usually six bucks on the street. I don't even, so know, how you would, I don't even know how you would stop doing that. And I just, so that was Deadpool 2. He could, he could have turned his back towards you a little bit and shielded you from it. Yeah. I Sounds like I you know. were at pee pool, too. I'm, I'm with you. I would, I would have been like, bro. Bro, stop pissing yeah. on me. Well, those were my adventures of, Irish thing. of water yeah, sports. I mean, hey, closer. you're in luck, buddy. We don't like to be peed on. Yeah. I, 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 uh, you're I, in luck. Allison wah, never noticed. Wah. I forgot to shower. Well, look, in, in fairness, you, you do you have a very young child at home, oh so you're God. more often than not covered in different kinds of bodily I mean, fluid anyway. Why yeah. didn't you take so who's toilet to paper and wet the toilet paper? And because there was a down. line. Mm. If you go to Carisotis, like I'm not going to go back in line to wait. No, that's just awkward. Yo, I would have been like, yo, someone... Pissed on my leg. Give me some toilet paper. <laughs> Thanks, Jen. Sorry, Thanks. So blew my drive. Yeah, you can back off a little bit there. Anyway, oh, we're gonna shit. discuss solo tonight. Oh, Why did you just give me a drinking motion, Hambone? You're on camera going. Do you want something? I can get no, you something. I'm, I, we haven't. I gotta make a drink. You go. Oh wait, shit. We've got the weekly drink. Yeah, okay. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So you know what the listeners at home don't see? They don't see me doing the hand motion. Well, now they do. Ah. So yeah, so Chris is a is a great guest. He came prepared tonight to talk about the things we're going to talk about. He also sent me a drink for the day, which I thought was really fun. Uh, we've done a, a fog cutter on the show in the past. This is a different version of a fog cutter. It's a Samoan fog cutter. Uh, so what makes this special is it has brandy in it, cream sherry for garnish, and a couple other standard ingredients that you normally get in a fog cutter. So what this is is two ounces of orange juice, one ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice. A half ounce of orgeat, one and a half ounces of light rum, and you can go with Bacardi or any kind of rum that you want that's light, a half ounce gin, a half ounce of brandy, a half ounce of cream sherry, and that's what you're going to garnish with. So this is a blended drink. So this is going to be popped in a blender with a heaping cup of crushed ice. Blend for five seconds on a high speed. You're going to pour it into a tiki mug or a tall glass and float the sherry on the top. So that sounds delicious, num, 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 and it's something. And, and I've been seeing gin more and more out in my day to day life lately. So I, I feel like the the tiki gods are telling me it's time to give gin another chance. I'm 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 okay with that. I'm yeah. okay. Gin was like one of my first things I ever tried. I think I did gin and coke was the coke and maybe no. I think it was a rum and coke. I think I've always rum been rum. Coke. Yeah, you're a rum guy. All we are saying. Is Only time I've ever seen you take a, a shot is rum. So <laughs> I don't drink much other than rum. I will do a whiskey sour if I have to. But we're here to talk about Solo. Solo, the I believe it's called Solo, the Last Jet. No, no, no. It's called Solo, <laughs> a Star, a Star Wars, Wars movie. movie. Right. I um, have not seen it yet. I will Story. probably not see it Whatever. because I will give my rationale is is not. I do not. First of all, I just want to be clear that I do not believe in the overkill that people are talking about because if done right, I've already seen Black Panther. I've already seen Infinity War. I've already saw right like Thor Ragnarok in within the last like six months. I feel if things are done right, the uh, the the there's no such thing as overkilling it. It's just maybe you shouldn't put a movie. At the back end of a month, where you've where geeks have already spent like twenty eight dollars plus whatever food they've had <laughs> on Infinity War and Deadpool two, you're gonna end up on the back end of this pretty badly. The three in a month is a little extra. Like I, I get it from that standpoint. I get it from the standpoint of like, wow, 
So Deadpool, you, you spent like at least 40 bucks going to Deadpool. You spent like 40 bucks going to see the Avengers. Like for me, I'm a single guy. So I can just go to the movies whenever. It's not a big deal for me to go to movies. That said, you know, when you look at a superhero movie and you're catering to people who have families or like husbands or wives and friends who are super into going to these movies, it starts really, really, really adding up. So, you know, there wasn't, an, I, don't, I don't think there was enough money to go around for Solo when Solo finally dropped. That said... I've never in my life seen so many people looking for something to fail, like actively rooting for something that they claim to love, that they've asked for to fail. It's it's amazing to me. I think you're wrong there, Hammer. No, I'm absolutely I, I not think, wrong. I think you're. I think Star Wars fans are just looking to be upset, partially because of the shittiness of the Last Jedi. I found this movie to be more like Guardians Two. I'm sure it's a fine movie. I just think it might have been entirely unnecessary. Chris, what are your thoughts? So, without spoiling, and I was uh, <clears throat> briefly conversing with Hambone about this earlier, um, you know, my generation, our generation, we came up with, we had 1983, and then we had nothing for 20 years, you know, so we were always wanting there to be more Star Wars, and then we were given the prequels, give or take what you liked, it wasn't as good, and we were still kind of left wanting for another decade, so for me, I'll take more and more. I mean, I enjoyed The Last Jedi, I'll go into lengths to defend it. But with Solo, what was fun about it was going into it, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't expect to see it because I heard all the terrible things that were going wrong with production and all. But what I liked about it was all of the previous Star Wars Legends or Expanded Universe stuff that you thought were dismissed, a lot of it brought back in. Stuff that I had heard rumors about as a kid, stories that we told each other, coming and seeing that actually happening in front of me. And it was fantastic. I had so much fun. I really thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I sit next to a super Star Wars fan at work, and I saw him today, and he came in, and I'm just like, he is not there all the time. So when he came in, I'm like, hey, what did you think of Solo? And he looked at me and goes, it was fine. You know, it wasn't great, but it was fine. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... Deadpool 2, I've seen twice already. Infinity War, I've seen twice. The Last Jedi, I've seen three times. This one, you know... I'll check it out when it comes back out again. I'm not going to go gaga over it, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm anxious to see the next one. See, I have a, a different a different take on it. I, I've seen it twice. I've actually gone to see it twice. I loved it. Uh, it's everything that I love about Star Wars. It's spacefaring adventure. It does a lot of work to make the universe feel big again. Because you're seeing it's 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 essentially just about sm- like smugglers. It's about rogues. It's about thieves. It's about the criminal underworld. It's it's what you wanted a Han Solo movie to be. There's lots of running around. There's lots of fun quips. There's action, a little bit of romance. I mean, the kid who they got to play Han Solo was getting shit on left and right. right. Um, well, it, it was it, the it, bad previews, it's, it's, partially. It's, it's, it's the bad previews, partially. That said, you know, what's funny is, you know, I, I've said before on the show that, you know, I don't know how it's going to go because they got a completely, like, different director in there. They, they pulled the Lord Brothers. And there's parts of the movie where you could definitely see where the where Miller and Lord, forgive me, uh, their influence definitely is. That said, unlike the Justice League, where they pulled the director and they got a pinch hitter in there and Joss Whedon, this came out gangbusters. I, I could see how it could have gone off the rails, leaving Miller and Lord to their own devices. Ron Howard put it right over the plate, and that's kind of all he had to do. 
Because, it's, and to be fair, though, he did do five weeks of reshoots, right. which pushed them to $250 million. Oh, yeah. And I think that's where Justice League DC just didn't want to throw any more money at that movie. That movie should have been no. reshot. Justice League, they paid $25 million to airbrush out Henry Cavill's mustache. But, and they, <laughs> yes. Like, yes. They, they were throwing money at that movie left and right. I'm going to sink your ship right here. They were throwing money at that movie so left and right. So then why didn't they reshoot it? Because, because they already spent too much money on it. No, it's not because they there spent too much money bundle, on it. There isn't an endless pit. They ran out of money. Well, they, they never said that they ran out of money. They put in more money into it. They brought Joss Whedon in. They reshot a ton of the movie, including parts that when Zack Schneider finally saw it, he recently said that there's a, a subplot about a, a Russian family that the, the team rescues. And he's like, that wasn't in the movie. Like They, they, they made two movies. And that's essentially what they did with Han Solo. Except now... It's a really tight, cohesive story where the kid who they got playing Han Solo, I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce his last name because I'll butcher it. <laughs> uh, he was really good, and he's actually made better by the other people in the movie. Uh, Amelia Clark, who I was worried about after seeing her in that shitty Terminator movie, was stellar. Um, Donald Glover as Lando was outstanding. Dude, oh, my God. Yeah. Her, when Okay, but I know we're not doing spoilers, but the first scene when they walk in, I'm not going to say where it is. Yeah. You just hear his voice. It's You're listening on. to Billy D. Williams. It's amazing and then you have uh you have uh what's his name um old guy woody harrelson woody harrelson great in everything yeah yeah the the crazy thing is is that my my gauge of an actor is can this person take me away from seeing who the actor is so like example every movie that you watch uh um robert de niro in or al pacino you always see robert de niro al pacino jack black they're always the same character woody harrelson often like that uh, a few of his movies, though, he really pulls out those acting chops and tries a little extra. And this performance, it was great. It was nuanced. It was subtle. But it was perfect to what that character needed to be. Yeah, exactly. Ken, are you going to go see this movie? No. Why not? <laughs> uh, I'll watch it if it shows up on uh, Spotify, in quotes, or <laughs> uh, on cable. I mean, I don't... I've think i've said this before and i don't necessarily want to rehash it i guess i'm you know i'm attached to those original movies more from some childhood nostalgia i agree with chris they waited like way too long to put new movies out and when they did it was a bit of a cash grab and now i feel like though maybe they are putting too many out you know too quick like let people breathe a little bit in between like to go six months and pop a new story out and it's like what you're saying to the public is you're milking it, which is all these little cartoons I see now is like the skinny uh, cow with the Star Wars plate around its neck and, and Disney holding like hundreds of jugs of milk, uh, you know, and that's what it feels like. Like, are you really like and and I don't want to say I, I hate any of the modern stuff because I'll. Uh, say it again. I love Rogue One. That's like my Rogue favorite modern Star I Wars it, movie. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, it's a just. You know, do I need to see the Kessel Run? Some people might want to see that, but do I? I don't necessarily need to. I like some of the mystery of kind of in your own mind, you know, creating a little of a story, piecing together elements you know from canon. So, Hambone. Yes. Riddle me this. Beginning of New Hope, when we meet Han Solo. Right. He admits, I think they call him, he is a scumbag, he's a liar, he's a cheat, he's a criminal. Yep. He is the, a, a horrible human being. Right. It, it takes place five years. Ten years. 
this movie takes place 10 years, ten years beforehand. before New Hope. Do you see him? Like, it feels like this is a movie where he becomes a hero. Like, how do you get back to where you get to in New oh, Hope? Oh, it's, it's easy. It's, it's an easy transition because he... He has a choice where he could stay in the life or he can get out of the life and kind of just go go live. But he you can see from the beginning that he is kind of a scumbag character where, you know, once he gets out of one jam, he's already trying to get into another jam. Uh, he does some things that, yeah, they are heroic because at his core, Han Solo is, is a hero. He's. He, he's got. He's no. He, he becomes a hero. No. He. He. Well, that has to start somewhere. He's. He starts at one end. He goes fully into it, and then he kind of once he gets through a new hope, remembers why he was kind of a good person where he started out, and he kind of just tries to get back there as much as he can, but can't leave the life that he is in behind. I think the best way to put it, and my perspective, it would be taking an analogy of Han Solo has. He's a scoundrel with a heart of gold. We agree on that. Yep. So. Just as, you know, every kid starts out with a pure heart. He had that heart of gold, but, you know, with how he came up, which you see in this movie, that heart of gold was rolled around in the dirt. And over the years, it just gets more dirt and grime on it, and he just becomes kind of a scumbag, but he never loses that heart. By the time we meet him in uh, A New Hope, um, you know, the rebellion sort of helps him wash away and chip away to reveal that heart again, to bring it back to the light. Yeah, even Darth Vader has a heart in the end. Yeah, it's so, a it's a redemption story, not only for Vader, but for I guess for Han Solo too. So Ken brought up a great point, and I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about this, and that's the idea of the cinematic universe, which has kind of been like blown up because of Marvel. Marvel built their cinematic universe from the ground up. There was a plan. There's been plans. There've been many plans. Kevin Feige is like a genius, mm. and I I kind of feel. It's a lot. Star Wars wants to get this. Obviously, Disney wants them to get to this. I'm sure they're going to try to do it with Avatar too. But I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I find it a much harder to back into a cinematic universe that was built 40 years ago with very little in between. And that's where we're getting some of the fatigue you're talking about, Ken. Do you agree, Chris? As much as I love it and as much as I will go to see every one of these movies, I do miss the time when there was a bit of space between blockbusters. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I miss the buildup. Like, give me some time to get excited about something without getting that blocked by yet another thing. And then I have, what? Oh, my God, Black Panther come out. Oh, my God, three weeks later I got, you know, this. Oh, no, another two weeks I got this. I'm not really... I don't have the time to really get stoked for something anymore, and that's unfortunate. So I, I agree with Chris uh, to a degree. I, I think that, you know, for Star Wars, it's funny because you you essentially started at the end, and now you're working backwards. Uh, and there was, while there was no movies, there was a lot of books, there was a lot of uh, comics, a lot of extended universe stuff that came out, video games, where, you know, you get a lot of, like lifelong Star Wars fans who complain because there's certain characters or certain stories that they fell in love with that Disney's kind of wiped and is slowly kind of introducing at a slower, more deliberate pace, trying to bring all that stuff back. And, and essentially, you know, sometimes Disney Marvel has that thing where they try to cram 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Like, I think if they made like two, and it's unrealistic. Wait, are we talking Marvel? Disney Marvel. Marvel's done no wrong. George, stay with me. So what it is, is that I can see two movies a year coming out where you got a Star Wars movie and you got a Marvel movie and you have more time to get excited about something like Chris says. If you were to do that, I'm sorry. Um, just I just too, said it was unrealistic. Yeah, because there's too many side characters because Marvel has built the universe right. right. There hasn't been a clunker since Marvel started making that it. That said, I have no problem going to see four blockbusters in a year cycle because I love this shit. Yeah. 
you know, it's it's for me. I'm excited. Like I just saw, uh, we we saw Black Panther, and then we saw the Avengers, and then I saw Solo, and now I'm gonna get to see Ant Man and Wasp. Deadpool and, two. Then I saw Deadpool yeah. two in there as well. Captain like, Marvel. And I'm gonna see Captain Marvel in next next year, right? Captain Marvel's next I year. But you are abnormal. Like you said it yourself. You don't have the family. You don't. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, it's no. Just, it's, and I don't take it yeah, in a bad like, way. The, you're it's just not, money wise. I'm I'm flying you're flush. High. You have so much. You know, you're, well, you. I don't. It happens that you are young and rich and attractive and single and single and you know like you're the rich in a parts a lie but everything else is true <laughs> oh, he's rich. He's no, rich. i'm not man um, i'm broke but no seriously ken i'm gonna say something provocative right now and i want to know your thoughts yeah do you think it would make sense to reboot star wars uh you know what uh that was uh part of something i kind of thought about when they were coming out with the new prequels like why not just go and just be, you know, why did Abrams have to do kind of a mirror image of New Hope? Why didn't you just, you have all this canon to work with, all these characters from the ages. Like, why not go and do something really different? Or Because I guess in business sense, they know that do the same thing over and over and over again. I was going to say, in reference to Marvel, though, like Marvel's, they created the blueprint for those movies, but that blueprint was there from like 60 years of comic books. So, I mean, they those characters interlock, interlock into a major story, but you have to tell the story of all those characters, whereas Star right. Wars was like already a pre-built universe. I'm all for a total, complete revamp. So, I'm going to rock your world with, something, with a thought I'm having right now, right? I agree with Ken. So I agree with Ken in so far that like as much as I do love the new movies that come out, uh, I I kind of look at it as a, looking at it from the standpoint of where we saw the prequels, where at that point they could have just left the original A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi as they were, just a perfect place and time that will always be cherished and adored by billions and millions, and they could have kept going where they did the Phantom Menace, they did Attack of the Clones, they did Return of the Sith. And then rebooted it at that point with a new New Hope. And then kind of kept that cycle going for all those years, bringing in a new audience where it's not reliant on like 70-year-old Mark Th- that Hamill. That would have only have worked if the prequels were good. But that's the problem. See, that's and therein lies we, and therein lies the rub. Like my side of it is I see why JJ Abrams had he had no choice but to go back to the well. Because you know what? As as good as the Clone Wars cartoons were, as amazing as Star Wars Rebels was. Like it's a limited audience. It's a limited audience. Those these are people. These are true Star Wars fans watching these shows, and then people who get into the Star Wars movies, chomping at the bit to find more. Then they go and they find those shows. But for the average Joe or Jane going to a movie theater, it's like, well, you know, I remember the prequels, and I got burned real bad. I need to get that feel good hit of the summer back. And then there was Episode Seven, and he absolutely he had no choice but to make Episode Seven the way he did. Chris, thoughts? Well, I mean, in in, in one respect, you have. The Last Jedi, who I hear a lot of, you know, disparaging remarks about him. And a lot of people thought they love it or a hate it movie. I personally loved it. And I loved the chances that Ryan Johnson took with it. And he did make it very different than the rest. He really kind of broke the mold that had been used for the, all the Star Wars movies previous, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, and that being said, along the lines of what you guys are talking about, a reboot it's not really necessary because the greatest thing about the Star Wars lore is, and I mean, you look at all the comic books and the books, as John mentioned, there's so many more stories to tell. You don't even have to go back to the Star Wars. You could have done Shadows of the Empire, you know, where you maybe will have little cameos by the existing... Which I read. 
Yeah, great story, right? A lot of fun. Dash um, Rendar all day. Right, exactly. And you have the Old Republic, a lot oh, of great yeah, stories. Time. You had the stuff that happened post that. I think it was a Star Wars legacy of the comics. It was Luke Skywalker's like great great grandson. And it was a whole new um, a new group of Sith that were ruling the universe with a I can't remember his name. And there was a Darth Talon, the uh, Darth Plagueis. Darth Plagueis, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of really great stories to tell that don't have to have Luke, Leia, Han, uh, Obi Wan, etc. There are so many other stories to tell, and there's but they're so it almost seems like they're afraid to tell them in a mass audience film sort of way. I think with the money that they have and the financial backing and all that kind of good stuff, I mean, same thing, they could really take the chance and say, hey, let's give this a shot. Let's tell a completely different foreign character story within the Star Wars universe and go from there. Let's see what we could do. Instead of like, oh, let's do a Han Solo. I mean, I loved it, but... Hollywood and corporations do not allow that. No, I understand. Completely understand. Sadly, do not. That's why there's such a lack of like original uh, movies out there. Uh, Everything's a remake. I ran uh, video stores for 15 years. There you go. I'm 100% behind you in that. I miss the days of just studios taking chances. Even if it was garbage, it was a chance. Golden Globus. We are getting a lot of that, (laughs) though, in the horror space, though. We are getting with Get Out. It follows. That's where I'm seeing a. (laughs) What? Do you, you think about t- me getting pissed on again? No, 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 no. There's there's a new there's a new movie coming out. Oh God, I can't remember the name of it, but it's like some little girl. And God, I feel so bad saying this, but she looks like perhaps she has maybe like fetal, fetal alcohol syndrome because her face is kind of weird. And they hired her or got her in this movie just because she looks strange. And I really hate. I don't mean to insult the little girl, just but just blame it on Ambien. Yeah, she oh, goes. Oh, oh dude. Shit. Yes. <laughs> But the whole thing tonight. is like you are great. They they do the generic. What? Oh, she's so creepy, and you know what she does? She doesn't talk. She just goes, and like that's the whole. T- I'm like, really? That's oh, come on. Yeah, it's that's. I, mean, that's I don't that's, know if you saw the trailer. It's it's something new. It's just coming out. I saw it before Solo, and we're all laughing about that. I'm like, oh no, that's not a rib. That's an actual movie. <sighs> you know, it's an actual movie. I, I'm not gonna, like the whole the whole shtick is that she just goes. I'm not even get to the previews. That horrible Fox preview. That Fox not X Men movie that's coming out. Did you see that? You should have gotten no, it before Deadpool two. I, I did Infinity not get War. it before Deadpool two or Infinity oh, War. I don't know what it's called. So, oh, it's the horror. It's the horror version of no. Uh, that's New Mutants, which they've stopped promoting. They stopped. Oh, they yeah, did. That, yeah, that's been water. pushed till November next that year. That's terrible. not dead in the water. Uh, that's dead in the water. Uh, so the tra- the trailers that I got, and I got them for every movie that I've seen recently. Um, I got the new uh, Fantastic Beast trailer. I got Mission Impossible. Every friggin' movie that See, I saw I had Mission Impossible trailer. You know what? I bet you AMC Carasota's different. Oh, absolutely, previews. absolutely. Um, anyway, I think I think we'll put this down now. I gotta say, just to, just to end it really quickly, I am bummed that we're not getting a Christmas Star Wars. That upsets me, <laughs> and I think that actually hurt them the most. I think coming off a, a, a polarizing Star Wars. Throwing this out six months later, not giving us a Christmas movie, which that's my ho- that's my Christmas Eve thing, Chris. Hmm. That's what I do every year on Christmas Eve. I go see Star Wars now that they've been doing them every year. So I, I think I think that's the bigger misstep, complete op- missed opportunity. Go ahead, Chris. Well, just on that note, if it makes you feel better, um, Chewbacca's wife Mala is officially canon. So is B. Arthur's character. There was a book that came out, an anthology book called uh, "From a Certain Point of View." And they did a, it's a you know a bunch of stories kind of like the old tales from the bounty hunter books, and they made a story about the bar, the cantina, 
that was run by B. Arthur's character from the Star Wars Christmas special. So she's a cannot. So basically, the Star Wars Christmas special has been brought back into canon. Oh Jesus <laughs> Christ! With, with that, with that, <laughs> we are going to talk a little bit about Fallout seventy six. So I am, as many of you know. First of all, I'm really bad at playing video games. I'm on God of War now, but I'm barely playing it. Uh, I'm still playing Far Cry 5 because I want to get all those crazy missions where you're like that G.I. Joe guy. Anyway, uh, they yesterday, uh, there was a teaser by Bethesda out, which just had the Fallout like standby screen. And then soon after, they started out a started a Twitch stream, which was just 24 hours of just that standby screen <laughs> with randos kind of just walking through the shot every now and then. Today, and I was worried we'd have to wait till E3, but today they dropped a trailer, a teaser. So they had a teaser for the teaser that might be a teaser. <laughs> um, and it is, I don't know what it is. It looks like it is a high-definition game. At first I thought it might be mobile, but it definitely looks like, at least the, the footage they've shown looks like a real HD game or, a, you know, a, a, what you would play on a console. It's like a Steam well, you know what I mean, like a console type game. It, it There is a voice on it, a narrator that basically says the war is over, the fallout is done, it's time to rebuild. People are saying that this is not your regular fallout game. I do remember them doing New Vegas pretty soon after 3, like about the distance of New Ve- of uh, you know where we are at now with Fallout 4. But I don't know if this is just going to be another follow-on game. Uh, I'm thinking, this is just crazy, I'm thinking Fallout Shelter, but like console, like full-on like RPG Sims type rebuilding. Well, it is going to be console. They've announced it's going to be PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, and what I'm thinking is, I don't know if you remember with the uh, with Fallout 4, they had that late add-on, the D, uh downloadable content where it was more building stuff like yes. they gave you the robot the robot but, one well my least favorite dlc <laughs> yes but uh, uh, a lot of people did enjoy that and me i loved building the shelters and whatnot so i think it would be really fun if they they and they also said that there will be multiplayer content so that's kind of fun so i'm thinking maybe it's going to be more of like a styled as an MMO. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a, a Fortnite type setup mm. because but then I'm like, well, they're not going to go from never having done multiplayer to like a 100 person battleground yeah. type. So, and then I'm just cuz so fall as as Hambo knows, Fallout Shelter is one of my favorite <laughs> mobile games, if not my favorite mobile game of all time. Didn't you get 100% on that? I got 100%. Wow. I kept playing. Like I still play. I pick up the new missions when they appear every now and then. It was the perfect mobile game. And I was really hoping that this would actually be just a, a <laughs> sequel to that, but maybe you go outside or something. But it does look like it is something bigger. I mean, if they're going to announce an E3... Fallout Shelter was just a throw-in for when they announced uh, Fallout 4, I think. I think it was Fallout 4, they said. Yeah. And was. by the way, we're dropping Fallout Shelter today. Boom. And then they just <laughs> dropped it. Uh, a lot of There was a lot of negativity for Fallout 4 because the story, the main character was kind of blah. Yeah. I would say Fallout 3's character had no character at all. So, I don't know. I liked Fallout 4. I actually liked the story where I had to find my son who was turned into a giant asshole. I mean, that's what <laughs> happens in life. Uh, so... I liked it, but I didn't have that same feeling that I had when I played Fallout 3 and even New Vegas. 
So I'm curious to see if there's going to be a good story here. I'm very excited. Ken, where are you at with the Fallout series? Uh, nowhere. I've played most of them. I just never got attached to it, even though I like that futuristic stuff. I was waiting for you to say, well, you know, I played Fallout 1 and 2, and then 3 was kind of the <laughs> shit. But, you know, back in the day, I, I mean, I Fallout 1, those. I had I was walking through Boston. Yeah. It's like isometric. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Fallout 1? Isometric view. <laughs> Yeah, over the top. It was like when I, you know, when they released GTA Three, that shit went to hell too. It's true. GTA One was great. <sighs> Hambone, Fallout. Is uh, it too feel bad for you? Oh no, it's not too feel bad for me. I, I love the way Fallout looks. Uh, I, I'll end up watching George Clausel play it when I'm hanging out in his apartment. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm never gonna actually play that game. Fallout, Fallout to me was the perfect RPG. So as you know, as a, a sufferer, a very vocal advocate of ADHD. <laughs> I have a very tough time with role-playing games, which is why yeah. I'll never play Dungeons & Dragons. I just can't sit there for seven, eight, nine hours with like three or with four you know tops. with the with the thing attached to my urethra and the what? and the, the, the regular deliveries of like <laughs> oh, what kind of food. You okay, that um, happens. You know, I just I, I can't I can't do it. Just and 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 when they release like I love the first Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest, whatever came free with Nintendo Power number one. Mm. And I played Final Fantasy seven, but I think Final Fantasy seven changed the dynamic of RPG. Oh yeah, absolutely. But Fallout changed it again. It's an RPG. It's not turn based. You could play it as a first person shooter. It is. You know, it made me not even think that it was an RPG, and that's why I love it. So one of the things I, I really appreciate about the Fallout games is the Pip Boy. Yes. I love it because one of the main problems I have with shooter games is that I panic. Uh, this is why I never went into law enforcement or the active military. Uh, <laughs> I panic. Uh, so things are coming at me. And I'm like, oh, my God. I start, like, smacking buttons. But, like, having the Pip-Boy and being able to, like, stop time for a second and be like, okay, I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to shoot at this part. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can I can do this. I can beat this monster. Uh, so I, I, do, I do, as a person who panics every time he plays like a first-person shooter, I really do appreciate that, uh, that feature of it. I just remember that first moment I killed my first super mutant. Like, I ran from super mutants. <laughs> like, when I first saw him in the Capital Wasteland, I think we all run, did. run. <laughs> and just to slowly build up your character and be able to take a super mutant out with a couple shots to the head, I, I, I just, there was nothing better in Fallout 3 and definitely one of my favorite video games of all time up there with GTA 3 and with um, Red Dead Redemption 1, the first one, not Red Dead Revolver, you know, that, the other one. Right. Uh, it was also just just the level. What I loved about Fallout, especially Fallout 3 and even New Vegas, was the side stories. I remember in Fallout 3 there was this one story. It took forever where you basically, there is a hotel of bourgeois people who use... Uh, ghouls as slaves and you have to decide whether you want to help the bourgeois or you want to help the bourgeoisie or help the the ghouls and obviously you want to help like you want to be the good guy you want to help the ghouls you do everything go through this like it takes like it's like five hours of mission and you finally do the right thing you help the ghouls get back into the home you have, they decide to slaughter every man woman and child in the building <laughs> that's a decision. in front of you <laughs> you just—I've never felt a feeling like that while playing a video game. Did you come across the uh, the guy who had a cult revolving around himself? 
uh, in Fallout 3, was it the Cult of Greg or something like that? Possibly. I, I don't remember, remember at oh. this point. Oh, that Tenpenny Tower was the one that just, like, it blew my mind. Yeah. I've never in my life felt so... That and obviously the scene in... Like, I just felt so wrong and I hadn't saved before, so I couldn't even go back and try something. I couldn't find <laughs> the happy where they live together. I just thought they would be friends. <laughs> no, the ghouls then slaughtered everybody and I felt terrible for months. Um, almost how I felt when Red Dead Redemption when I found out my character, my main character who I was so invested, it was just shot in the head and no matter how many times you try to alter it, you know, you still die. <laughs> Too many bullets. Anyway, let's talk, uh, are, is everybody here excited for Fallout? You're excited, Chris. You're gonna, um, you're, yeah. yeah. Hambone will watch George play. I'll, I'll watch George play. And, um, I'm really enjoying watching George play God of War. I, so. I, one thing about Hambone, Hambone will get very excited for a video game, tell you to buy it, buy it, you get so psyched, Hambone will never play it. I did, I, I did that once. And I'll never forgive And I have him. never stopped being sorry. And I've never stopped being sorry that about that. That video game sits there, and I just want to play Uncharted with him together. And nope, <laughs> nope, never got And the worst part is that's a great video game that you should beat just because the story, especially the last yeah. one. I will tell you this, Uncharted 4, whatever that last one was, the Drake's, the last one before they did this prequel, whatever that is. Right. Drake's That is fortune. as good no. as Last of Us. Really? That's actually right up your alley, too, the Uncharted series. So I, I, I played I played through almost the full first Uncharted game, and I got to this point where everyone's got like these like laser sights, and mm. I can't get past that point because I get killed real bad all the time. <laughs> uh, so I ended up, I, I, I put it down for a minute, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up again. I just never picked it up again. You know, <laughs> you have enough time to hate watch Gotham every week, though. I don't, I don't hate watch Gotham. Oh, I love Gotham. I don't watch Gotham. You are the one person. Sorry. <laughs> when I found out that DC is so like indifferent to Gotham, they won't even allow them to have Joker as a character in it because they no, don't want to ruin now. He no, is. he's not called the Joker. He can't have the same color hair. I guess you got a point. Yeah. Yep, because they didn't want to hurt the the uh, authenticity of their movies. No, this is real Hambone. This was an, this was revealed last week. I just it was actually trending on Twitter. I got they nothing. will not call the Joker Joker. They will not let his color be green because they don't want to hurt the authenticity of their phenomenal movies. Oh yeah, well, they they did agree for that because they're giving them a half uh, half season uh, for a season five to close out the series that they are going to let Bruce become Batman, not just Bruce is running around beating people up. He's going to become Batman. But the they're going to have to call him Man Bat. <laughs> Something I don't know. That's that's just, you, that just dumb. Their movies are shit. Did you hear about the the, sh the offshoot series that's coming out? Nah. They're making a Pennyworth series taking place with uh, when Alfred when he was in the MI5. Yeah, I don't need to see that. That's <laughs> I love everybody's look when I bring that up. They're like, <sighs> oh, really? <sighs> you know, like I, I, yeah, I watched Gotham for a little while, and you know, I, I enjoyed it. There's part there's, some, there's sometimes I'll, I'll put it, I'll put Hulu on. It'll come on uh, automatically after I finish watching another show. Mm. And then I remember why I stopped watching it. It just it kind of it kind of goes in and out. And the first time I stopped watching it uh, is when they initially killed the guy who is the Joker, like after everything. And I'm just like, well, who's not allowed to be called the Joker? I mean, it's it's such a joke. You know what's going to happen in the Berlantiverse uh, coming up for the big fall crossover? We are finally going to get Gotham City, and we're going to get Batwoman. I'm really excited about Batwoman. Oh, really? Yeah, because I mean, Green Arrow is the is is Batman essentially yeah. in the Berlantiverse. They can't have they can't put Batman in there, but we're going to get Batwoman. See, but they put Superman in, so I don't understand why not. Well, you it know, doesn't... but it's 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 different though because it's Superman. Like Su Superman is the first one who got to the planet, so you can't tell Supergirl's story without Superman. That said, like Fair. if you've got Green Arrow, you don't need Batman. True. You know, 
I'm sorry. We're talking about DC. Just take it back, George. Take the show back. I'm With sorry. With that, we're going to actually have to cancel this last segment on <laughs> WWE and Fox, mostly because, I don't know, I can't come up with anything fun- funny on that because we're the ones who got to be forced to watch three hours of SmackDown and five hours of I pay-per-views. I don't want that. Because you know you want more birthday. No. You need more birthday. Well, I, I, I'm always happy with more birthday. And happy birthday, Ken. I'm just, I just can't handle three hours of SmackDown. Tomorrow. What made SmackDown awesome was it's only two hours. Yeah, yeah. We'll skip over Fox, WM Fox. Let's talk about the saddest news of the week. The uh, out-of-nowhere announcement that Andrew Lincoln will be leaving The Walking Dead. Good for him. So, you know, I always make the joke on this show that when you back up the money truck, you always find a parking space. Well, apparently not for Andrew Lincoln. Not after nine seasons. So I think it's safe to say that any show that goes past five or six seasons usually goes to shit. Yeah. X-Files, Lost. Absolutely. Um, it show usually, went to shit after one season. Hey, people hey, like... I still watched yeah, it. Yeah, we all watched it. <laughs> uh, Walking Dead, however, I think at some point we've all tapped out of it. I don't know about you, Chris. I think we've all watched, we all tapped. And Andrew Lincoln was always a character that you love to hate. He is the main character, though. He is Rick Grimes. He is leaving the show. Here's the question, guys. Let's let's think seriously now. Talk about it. Do you? They're not going to cancel the show. No. The show is making too much money. It's making too much They're money. still leaving that horrible offshoot show, The Fear of the Walking Dead, on because it makes enough money to justify having that shit on. Well, I mean, they, if they have to fill the Breaking Bad and Better, Saul, Better Call Saul hole with something. Wait, Saul exists and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's not on all the time. So there, yeah. there's got to be okay. like, you know, so something. The holes that when, okay. Is, is in between. Oh, forgive me. I, I said that wrong because I stumbled over trying to say Saul. Soul. Better call Soul. You know that's... Uh, oh, I was going to say, oh, for a minute there, I thought it was uh, the Semitic uh, Savior's middle name, but it's actually Seth. Oh, Joshua I, yeah, Seth. I think his God, yeah. grandfather was Soul. I could be wrong. If he's listening, he could correct me. Anyway, so do, the question is, I have a question. I have the yeah. question for you, Hambo. Calm down. Do you recast or kill off? So that's a great question. That's actually what I was going to bring up is the fact that Kirkman, I don't know if it still holds true, but he said years ago the only person who was safe in the entire series was Rick Grimes because Rick Grimes' story. <laughs> uh, you told recast. Fuck him. I mean, if he, if he wants off the show, yeah, God bless Dar- him. You did make Daryl the lead. Well, no, they, they actually did back the money truck up for Daryl, and Daryl's like, yeah, here, you can park they it right here. backed up, $20 million backed up. <laughs> yeah, that's a big old money truck. He ain't dying anytime soon. No, Daryl is not dying anytime soon. But yeah, I mean, you can make Daryl the lead on the show, but I mean... You could totally recast Rick. He's a I, he, nothing that stands out with him so much that he can't be someone else. With a so beard. let me blow your mind. Blow my mind. Best second best show ever on television, The Leftovers. Oh, Jesus Christ, George! No, Justin Thoreau doing nothing right now. Oh my God! Yeah, dude, you can't get him. There's another guy who's doing nothing right now. Little bit name of Hugh Jackman. Boom. Wow. Either of those two could step right in. And Don't be, do it, Hugh. You're a way better actor. Well, at least Justin Thoreau. He's kind of like a poor man's Andrew Lincoln. I'm there hoping that the live feed is still going because you should no, look it, on my it face. Crashed. The live feed crashed. Dude, you are good. Yeah, Justin Yo. Thoreau. Because I always thought Justin Thoreau could be Wolverine. And then my friend, if Hugh Jackman left, everybody's like, they're like the same age. Then I'm like, oh, you're probably right. So uh, I'm going to say something out loud, and I've said it before in the past, and I I wanted it to go on record again to say this. Man, no one fantasy books better than you, GK. I try. My God. Like, sometimes when you you drop it on me, and I 
I I just I'm seeing it. I'm seeing like if they they could actually get Justin Theroux, who's doing fuck all right now, uh, recasted him as Rick Grimes. That would breathe so much new life into this show. Because uh, I'm like, I mean, granted, I, I wasn't. I, I'm kind of over The Walking Dead. I'm kind of bored to tears with Rick Grimes and Andrew Lincoln. So I don't care that he left. Nope. That said, like I kind of like. He's the the main, main character on the show, and he kind of has to live to the end. Now, I don't watch it anymore, and I also haven't read the comics in a very long time. But <laughs> I, from what I'm hearing, and I don't care if this is a spoiler because shit. Um, I heard, so they killed Carl last year on the yeah, TV show. Did. In the comic, and they killed him before I think they knew Andrew Lincoln wasn't going to re-up. Carl, I believe, in the comic book has become the leader of the tribe and is the main character now. So they so they have to they, recast. They shot themselves well, in the foot. I, I almost feel like it's yeah. it's in re- retaliation to Carl leaving. Like it seems like Lauren Laura Cohen is like kind of done. Yeah, and, she's out too. Um, oh really? You yeah. know, there yeah. I think I, I almost think like the whole Glenn thing. Like you knew the Glenn storyline was going to take place, right? If you read the comic, you knew that was coming, but for some reason that seemed to unravel the cast. And now that shows just like, whoop. well, in the in the comics, uh, after the whole war with Negan, um, they do a, a jump of a few years, yeah. quite a few years. So, in a sense, it wouldn't make sense for them just to continue. And I mean, truth be told, I was a huge fan of the comics before the show came out. Me too. And I never liked Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. Nope. No, I I'm, just I thought it was. I never a, really liked Rick Grimes in the comic book either. Fair, but I'll give you that too. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't. I always wished he. They it would have been a wonderful shock if they had killed him off and brought somebody else to the forefront. Yeah. Um, Tyrese would have been a great filler there, um, for example. Uh, so I, I think the the show just ran off the rail too many times, and it's just. I mean, the ratings have been dropping, and there's there's uh, AMC's got a, Into the Badlands is my current favorite show on AMC, but nobody watches it. So I started. And I didn't even know it was on season three, but when yeah, I was on yeah. paternity leave a couple weeks ago, don't ask why, um, <laughs> I started, it was showing, so as, I'm a good husband, and my wife likes the same type of shows I do. So I will usually either watch a show and give it like a couple episodes and let her know whether it's worth watching, or I have to wait for her to watch it, like a Game of Thrones or a Breaking Bad, things like that. Uh, but Into the Badlands, I'm like, ah, oh, this one's kind of iffy, because she's not into like summarize stuff and that type mm-hmm. of but I started the first two episodes. The acting was a little clunky, right, yes. but I think it picks up as it goes. It's definitely my type of. It's Grindhouse without being Grindhouse. It's Grindhouse like if you took if you put it in a in a samurai futuristic a post apocalyptic samurai universe. It's kind of good. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard. I'll give you. It's definitely it's hard to describe when you're trying to tell somebody like it's kind of like one of those old wushu martial arts films yeah. and it's set in sort of a post-apocalyptic sort of setting and there's kind of a sort of a supernatural mysticism abound in it and it's really it goes all over the place but then again some of the best movies and tv shows are like that. I mean, big trouble in little china try to like if somebody didn't know that how exactly would you describe it and to want them to get them to want to watch it fight club <laughs> my favorite movie of all time i can't describe it for yeah, people it's like it's kinda... not a movie about people fighting it's about uh the rise of anarchy and like i, I don't even it's it... great but hard to describe yeah and that's where i feel this show is and you great i agree with you 100 it took a bit to get its footing underneath it so many wonderful shows that we star trek next generation i can't watch the first season and a half you know i love that i love tng is one of my all-time favorite tv series I will never watch season one. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this it's on season three. 
Uh, Nick Frost is amazing in it. I love his character. I love to see him acting again, like on the regular. And the storyline is wonderful. It's kind of a, they're, they're almost doing like a sort of a lone wolf and cub in this season. Um, it's fantastic. And I, I hope that AMC uses the money they're saving from Walking Dead now to put into new shows where they're taking chances. And this kind of goes back to our earlier conversation where we said that studios aren't taking chances on new ideas. This is a great show. It's a new idea. It's not anything else. It's not like anything else that's currently on TV. I, speaking of which, and talking about shows that end properly tonight in like, and I'm going to throw you guys out in like 45 minutes less. As soon as I can, <laughs> the American series finale is tonight. And people are talking about it. So they've already screened the finale for reviewers, which is kind of a big deal. Most shows won't do that. But they've screened it already, and people are calling it one of the best finales. Like, it, it's done right. And I'm so excited because this is a show that's being called on the same level as The Wire or Breaking Bad or not even The Breaking Bad, like The Wire and like The Leftovers, like smart TV that never quite became super popular when it, like TV for people who love TV, but also love writing and like an actor's actors right. type thing. The Americans is just so, especially this final season. So they time jumped when they, I don't know whether they were told they have a final season or were given a final season or if they chose to have a final season, but they did a time jump to like 87, 88, 89. And it's just amazing to see the, the, the it's claustrophobic because it's just like breaking bad. That feeling of, holy shit, everything's falling down around them, including like legitimately communism because we're now at a time where Gorbachev's trying to broker deals to end communism in the USSR and everything's just coming down on this family except unlike Breaking Bad where they have to like, Breaking Bad tried to tie up every single loose end and it happened very action adventure in the last, I've realized in the second half of the season, the claustrophobic almost got, I don't know who are someone told me recently they didn't love the last episode. It may have been Josh because it, he turned this guy's a chemist. Yeah, he can make meth. He shouldn't be MacGyver and know how to make like pop up gun machines. Like it's just not <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, that's and an I, ass I, shit. While I still <laughs> love the last season of Breaking Bad, it was done right. They did try to make it the perfect, they tried too hard to make it the perfect finale. Uh, Americans, it's heading the same way where it's like these are two spies and their family, their children who the FBI, who live next door, like the main guys, are like they're, he's, they're, things are unraveling. And it's getting to that point where things are being revealed, things are being revealed, but today's the last episode, and they haven't had shocks leading up to the last, hmm. like every episode, someone's going to get it. And like a plot point's wrapped up, it's all wrapping up tonight, and I hear it's very good, and I'm just so excited to see the Americans just have that final package, that complete package. Hmm. Robert Kirkman, Kirkman has said from the beginning, he wants the show to go on forever. And it could be a George R. R. Martin thing, or it's hmm. just the guy doesn't know how to wrap things up. But you're <laughs> right. Like, TV shows need to end. Comic books, I think, sometimes need to end. And, you know, I got into a fight with Joe Quesada, who humiliated me at the Philly oh Wizard Comic Con 15, 20 years ago, when I said, you know, maybe... Maybe Speedball or someone should have stayed dead. Like, there's no reason why these characters have to keep coming back to life. Stories do end. At the time, they kept killing and resurrecting comic book characters. And he looked at me and said, well, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And the whole place laughed at me. And, Fuck Joe Posada. And uh, yeah, Screw him. That was a smart comment you made. Now I realize it. Back then, I was humiliated. You tweet at him I was and be laughed. like, hey, you remember this, you Out of idiot? the place. 
But that was the thing. They were basically um, killing off. It was their thing. Like, oh, they were basically trying to get you to pop issue, to spike issue sales. Now, of mm-hmm. course, this was probably around the time when we were going bankrupt. Right. Because <laughs> this was probably 99, 2000. Right. And they, uh, yeah, I was like, well, maybe you shouldn't kill a person to get that hot issue and then reboot them with the number one coming back to life. Well, I mean, to your defense, they, they did that with uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. They killed Peter Parker and brought Miles and the comic no it didn't it, oh it, wait no not that i'm sorry sorry that wasn't the one that failed i apologize <laughs> i apologize go ahead but they just redefined the character in a really wonderful way that made you love the new character and you, you didn't mind and there's i don't see any reason why they can't do that so you're absolutely right there's no reason why a character can't stay dead and just give us something fresh oh sales because their cfo went on yeah. at, at the real comic con and said Oh yeah, we're killing all these great um, minority characters and 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 you know gentrified characters because they don't sell issues. We need to bring back the white guys. <laughs> I mean, he said it. He basically, I believe, said something to that extent. But it's okay. But he was on Ambien. None of those. It's okay. He's <laughs> on Ambien. Uh, guys, and with that, we will never see Roseanne again. Thank God. At least yeah. not on TV. I've never liked Roseanne. I've so. never been a fan, but my, you know what? Because it wasn't our generation. My mom loved the show. Even the re- she liked the reboot. And, you know, I actually hope, and I'm going to put it out there, I hope every single cast member and person who works on crew sues the shit out of her. Well, it's, oh, yeah. it's amazing because, like, you know, no, who, who the fuck is surprised? ABC knew exactly who they're getting into bed with. So, like... Yeah, I'm shocked that it went this many episodes. What was amazing, and I gotta say, working for a big corporation, it blew my mind to see a CEO with balls that big that was able to cancel the show within an hour of this shit going down. There was no, uh, there, you know, I was waiting for the calls. I was waiting to get calls to be like, "Hey, you're an advertiser on that show. Like, are you gonna pull?" No, there was never even a chance for advertisers to have to deal with the fallout. There wasn't a, there was nothing. It was just murder. It just, yeah. they just, they just killed the show. You know, she did something horrible. Nope, we don't tolerate this. Done. That's how a CEO, executive producers need to do shit. Mm-hmm. Did you see the world's greatest clapback today? Uh, the tweet oh, from Ambien? the company, yeah, saying the drug maker responds while all pharmaceutical no, treatments. No, no, no. Just read the one. That's the, read the line. That's the kicker. Uh, all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects. Racism is not a known side effect of any Sanofi medication. I was, I was, that was a great comment. I just wish, so I felt it, like I felt their social guy writing the awesome tweet and then their legal team going, oh no, we got to have to back that line in with a whole bunch of crap about how we are, Sanofi is is not, you know, we don't advocate racism. No, you don't need to just say that. Just say racism is not a side effect of Ambien. That is the best line ever. But they had to add this, the preamble to it, but that's the best line ever. That was the ever. best, Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a PR person, I was proud of Ambien for, like, <laughs> that was just great. So that PR guy, a fruit basket. Or yeah. Cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, when she used the Ambien, it's An excuse. edible arrangement. An edible arrangement. That was just, that was bad. That was as bad. And, today, and she went on the radio today and was like, I'm not a racist. I'm just an idiot. I'm like, can you please never come back again? <sighs> Go just, back. Just, yeah. Just put, just. Go away. And like that, we are going to finish off another week. Let's go. We do a round. We do a round, Chris, where we talk about uh, cool shit we love for the week. If there's something you that you know you found this week, watched this week, bought this week, discovered this week, loved this week, oh let goodness. us know. We can come back. We'll do a round. We'll do a round. We'll start with Ken. Ken, what did you love this week? Uh, I love that I'm going to be vending at the uh, 40th anniversary of Dawn of the Dead next weekend. Woo, is there a party or something? It's in Pittsburgh at the Monroeville Mall where they filmed the movie, so it's going to be super cool. Uh, 
Tom Savini is going to be there. Uh, all the main stars, Ken Faree, uh, Scott. How long Scott, are you going to be there for? I'm going to be there the whole weekend. I've actually got a hotel room. I'll be there the 7th so through the 10th. you're my best friend, one of them. You might need to, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be working at my there booth might, there the might whole be, time. There might be some tiki mugs you need to get. Oh, no, I, I could. We'll uh, see. We'll see. It's one of the best. One of my favorite tiki bars in the country is in Pittsburgh. The tiki. Oh, I'm doing long hours. We'll figure. Well, there'll be. Oh, it's a bar. It'll be open late. You don't have to drink. You can go get your, your virgin pina colada. I will pay for that. And uh, you know, <laughs> we'll see. What did you fall in love with this weekend, Bone? What cool shit made you happy? So what tantalized you? I uh, I binge television shows, as everyone is pretty much well aware. Uh, I finally got to see season two of a series of unfortunate events on Netflix, which I absolutely fucking love. I, I watched a hard it. time with the first episode of the first season. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's really up your alley because no, it's not. It's not it feel bad enough. It wasn't. It's not. But it. But it gets. Re- it gets really dark and really despondent in the second season. Uh, and I love all the character actors they bring in to play. Uh, different roles in it. I think it's one of the most well-written shows uh, on TV right now because it, it came from a series of books. And man, Neil Patrick Harris has this one line in the very like last episode that is like the epitome of Neil Patrick Harris kind of making an in-joke about an in-joke. Uh, I highly, highly recommend it. I watched it in a day. I'm very happy because there was only 13 books in the Lemony Snicket series. Uh, so next season is going to be the it, it's going to be the end. They're going to end it. So it, you're only getting three, three, se- three seasons. It tells the entire story, uh, and now I don't have to read the books. Huzzah, mm-hmm. Chris. Um, finally, have a show that my son and I, who's ten for the audience, uh, bonded together. We got caught up 100 percent on the Netflix Voltron, which is amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah, I, I and I've been good. collecting the lions for him, so he has his own version of what I had as a kid. Um, and then I got really, I'm kind of, uh, all over the place this week, but next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, I'm going to Broadway to go see the Cursed Child. I'm going to see parts one and part two, seven hours of theater. And I am so stoked. God bless. God <laughs> bless. I don't think I could do it. I, this week, I, did, I don't think we mentioned it last week. I may have used this before. If I do, I'm so sorry. The toys that, the toys that made us. The se- the you se- it. season, okay. yeah, but I think you can it, say it again. No, no, I think I mentioned it, but I don't think uh, season two launched uh, on Friday, I believe. Oh. So I probably didn't mention it. Um, I probably mentioned it, but and it's coming out. Yeah, it's uh, it it's out. I saw all four episodes. It is Star Trek. Uh, it is Transformers, Lego, and uh, Hello Kitty. I learned a lot about Hello Kitty. It was very exciting. Uh, I got to say the best one of the. I mean, I really enjoyed Transformers. I knew Transformers were just ripoffs of Vara. I didn't realize it was multiple companies that like it was a couple toy lines that yeah. kind of which is why there was sorry I burped little transformers <laughs> like a bumblebee and then a big metal transformer like a, a like a sound wave with the jets why they didn't really match up it was because it was two different toy lines I thought the running joke <laughs> on the GoBots was great I really enjoyed Lego um, I didn't know Lego I, I kind of remembered Lego almost going bankrupt didn't realize how bad it really was like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Hmm. So that was very good. Sanrio, uh, I've learned of a new word that defines my child. Kawaii? Kawaii. Tell me he isn't kawaii. He's like so my kawaii. kid with those anime eyes of his He's actually kawaii. looks like an anime character. It's amazing. It, it blows. Kawaii is my new word. The Star Trek one I probably could have lived without ever seeing. I just <laughs> don't. You know why I like the Star Trek one? Because I did feel that there needed to be a Mego one. 
And there wasn't a me like in the first season there should have been Migo. I always was like shocked that there wasn't Migo while I was too old, too young to get into Migo in the seventies. I always was like, they're the original licensed action figure, as far as mm. I remember back then. Correct. Well, it turns out it was because he was in jail. He was in jail. Now, tell me, when you watched that and you saw them interviewing the guy from Ego, didn't you think he was like kind of like laying it on there so he would get a Ego episode? I thought episode? it was Frankie from Across Street. Frankie Bada Boom. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, it could have been. It, it. He is so like I was. I didn't realize that he did time. Oh yeah. But when they went half, they was like, oh, you know, and he's in this room. And they're interviewing this. this like Johnny Goomba in his like. Like on his like velour like chair with his grand piano and toys all around him, magnificent. And he just looks like some guy out of The Sopranos. And he's like, yeah, you know, I had a rough patch. It wasn't on us, but you know, I got busted for racketeering and extortion and bribery and kidnapping. It's like they just kept going. The guy had to do some time, but clearly he's still rich. This is the guy who made Miko. Miko, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. He talks about buying Star Wars, a Star Trek, the 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 license to do it for five thousand. He made $150 million. My yeah, God. and he uh, didn't pay, didn't pay taxes, a dime. Yeah. And how he turned down the Star Wars license because, oh. but you see, that kind of made, was it Star Wars? They went Star Wars, yeah. They talked about that in the Lego one, how they went to Mego first, and he's like, but he made sense. He's like, at the time, what the hell was Star Wars? Star Trek at least had a name. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars was nothing when it came out. So I, I get that, but they rubbed that in a little bit. So I really enjoyed it. And I did enjoy the Hello Kitty one too because. I was confused when I was growing up. I'm 40. When I was growing up in the 80s, there was no Hello Kitty. It wasn't a thing. Like, it wasn't. Yeah, it totally was. Yeah, I'm around my, like, late 80s. It died in, like, 85 to 95. So the whole crux of the time where I would have been noticing it. But it was huge in the 70s and early 80s. So that's where. And it came back again and became gigantic in the 2000s. Mm. But there was a period of time where I was at my, the age of buying toys. I would have noticed a Hello Kitty. I didn't. So I think. You being a little bit older than me, you might have noticed it from also, the Also, it wasn't like something you found at toy stores, Hello Kitty. It was like a lot of stationery stores, malls, stuff like mm-hmm. that. I fucking love Hello Kitty. On on the um, toys that really? made us note, have you ever watched the, I don't want to say it's a companion per se, but Mark Hamill's uh, Pop Culture Quest? Nope. Should think you'd really enjoy it okay. it's it's very similar to the toys that made us like he has a godzilla toy episodes it's because mark hamill loves he's a, he's one of us for lack of a better term and he goes and meets with collectors right. and looks at their collections of star wars stuff or godzilla stuff or gi joes and has a little bit of a documentary feel about it it's really fun i think you'd enjoy it i'll pay attention to that i also am i'm i'm looking forward i heard there will be more uh because i definitely think they need to go into i mean obviously they did hello kitty because they didn't have to make girl things i'd be cool if they did rainbow bright or or oh, yeah, something like that. but care bears would definitely work my little pony uh, oh, and on the, cabbage gu- patch on the guy's side Munchy thunder cheese. cats voltron uh, there's a Silver lot. Silverhawks. Mask. I Sectors, thought of Silver, mask. mask more than Silverhawks. Yes, but, agree. Mask. Uh, those little metal little guys. I forgot what they're called. Oh, the Eagle Magnus, Force. The Starcraft. Mag- oh, yeah. No, no. The space oh, one. Yes. Starcom. 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 Yeah. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Maybe there's I, not enough. Oh, <laughs> I just finally finished my collection of all four issues of the Starriors comic. You don't remember those? No, that was early 80s. Starriors? I also have my all 11 issues of Marvel Comics made the Crystar comics yeah. or Crystal, or the crystal love warrior those, love those figures yeah. and they, they they tied in both dr strange and nightcrawler into those comics so they're technically marvel canon well, that's bizarre chris on that note how can the kids find you and to learn more about you um well you could go right to nerdbase.com it's kind of a uh, very very loosely updated these days i don't have a lot of time unfortunately but uh i'm, I'm always updated about as much as cult of george does Probably. so i feel your pain <laughs> yeah 
That and uh, it's uh, NerdBaseGo on Instagram. Twitter? On same, NerdBaseGo. Awesome. We look forward to having you back on the show again sometime soon. Woo. On another note, Ken, you said we we're going to be vending this week, but tell us again, and how can the kids reach you? Uh, of course, you can always the follow ladies. me. Where can the ladies reach you? The ladies should uh, DM me at Zombie Gentleman Instagram, Facebook. I don't have a Zombie Gentleman Twitter, but I have a Kurtz Twitter, K-U-R-S-S-E. And uh, I'm going to be at Monroeville Mall next weekend. Pittsburgh, PA, for the Living Dead weekend. Be there. Be square. I'm so excited for that. I'm also excited for Hambone. You can find me on Twitter. So many DMs. So many DMs. Where can all the DMs be sent? You can slide into my DMs on Twitter, on Twitter at Hambreaker, uh, where I just pretty much talk about Dungeons & Dragons. Bring a Pro quote. wrestling. Can. can people find you on OkCupid? Or can you retweet the Bullet Club? No, no, no. You can also find me uh, on Instagram at WaxPackCinema where I'm showing you the movie The Goonies, one trading card at a time. Which is awesome. Look, if you want Hambone, you can just email me. Oh, George, come on, man. I just Send don't, I don't understand. I don't understand George. how Tinder works. So I just, like, you can't look. It's not like Facebook. No, no he's on Grinder? No, I'm not on Grinder. Chris, is that it? I'm not a Grinder. Smart man. You <laughs> do. Ken. I'm pretty I'm just, sure I put I uh, him I, th- I thought I saw his he's profile. I was. I mean, maybe you've seen me eat a grinder, right. but I've never. I'm not bad. on grinder. George, where can they find he's you? He's on Backpage. I'm not oh, on Backpage. Backpage. Oh, George. The therapeutics, the massage. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Not, not obviously no. child slavery or Rub whatever. Rub and tug. Yeah, no, no. Ham and tug. I, I can't find my song. This is so good. Hey, I'm George. You can reach me at cultofgeorge.com. I tweet every day about technology and geek stuff on GLK Creative on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, GLK Creative there too. I'm trying to post more and just my kid. I'm trying to dig up those old rock and roll photos. You can find me every single day trying to find a lovely lady for Hambone. George. I love you so much, world. Rate, review, subscribe. Write a review. We love the stars. We could use a little review. Helps us a lot. Gets us up ahead. Puts us on the top of the list. We look like rock stars. We make Hambone richer. The world is great. We love you all. Take us out, Hambone. Everybody remember, be nice. Aloha. Can we hear more about the tea leg?